Get your headsets ready. Ikuzos unscripted podcast is going over time. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are going overtime. We are working overtime for you as per usual. Uh, today on overtime, I have a very interesting guest uh, because I'm talking to a man who constructed some of mine and I believe some of your uh, favorite uh, action sequences, fight sequences. Uh, he worked on Gladiator, Last Samurai, Born Franchise, Cinderella Man, and many other. Uh, so I'm very excited today to play host to Mr. Nicholas Powell. Nicholas, how are you? Thank you for coming here. I'm very good. Thank you for having me. Uh, listen, you know, like I said, you, you constructed these uh, amazing action sequences that I'm a huge fan of, always have been. Uh, but tell me, before we get into the process of how you create your fight scenes, uh, getting into this job, did you have, first of all, how did you get into being a stuntman and a, uh, action choreographer and were there any like action scenes or action movies that you even today find inspiration in is a light motive in your work or something like that well first of all how and england at the time when i started doing stunts was kind of ahead of the curve a little bit um they had a, a system in place where you had to become a member of the union and then they gave you a list of about 18, 20 different skills, such as scuba diving, um, skydiving, highboard diving, uh, martial arts, horse riding, rally driving. And they were all to a fairly high standard, like the British Horse Society Gold Award for the horse riding, or the, you had to become a competitive rally driver and show that you'd won races. And if you were a martial arts, it had to be like a black belt, things like that. So. They gave you a list of about 18, 20 skills, and you had to choose six of them, and a minimum of six to get qualified as a stuntman. So it was actually quite a rigorous system. Um, prior to that, I, I trained as an engineer to start with, a design engineer. So I had a kind of a background in the, the logical and, and that kind of side. And then I went to drama school and trained as an actor. It was while I was working as an actor, one of the guys on, in the theater show I was doing he was an acrobat and he was training to become a stuntman. And that was one of the skills he was using. And uh, we started talking. And I'd done a lot of fighting when I was younger. I did, I did a lot of martial arts. And um, so he basically sort of told me what, he, what you had to achieve. And I thought that would be fun. It was really, at the beginning, it was really just an extra way if I wasn't acting, because acting, as you know, can be a very difficult profession when you start and you're young and you're trying to get work, it may not be that busy. And, and I loved the physical side anyway. So I spent a few years working out in trampolining, fencing, martial arts, everything else to get all the qualifications. Uh, eventually um, graduated as a stuntman, qualified as a stuntman. And in England, you have to, again, it was, you Qualify as a stuntman, you become a probationary stuntman, which means you have to work for other stunt people for a number of years. And after those years, you can become an intermediary stuntman where you can do your own stunts, but you can't tell anyone else what to do because of safety. And then after another few years, you can then become stunt coordinator and, uh, and move on from there. So that's how I got into the stunt side of it in England quite a long time ago. Mm, yeah, that, that's really interesting. So. Uh... You mentioned there your skills that you had to possess, but on the 
on the martial side uh, side of martial arts you know uh, how many martial arts are you you know you have a knowledge of uh, to say you know because uh, you did uh, the scenes with weaponry obviously you did hand to hand fight scenes how many actually you know you are master of and the learning or stuff like that you know in martial arts well, I would say I was a master of none, but uh, I know a little bit about a lot of things. So, I mean, I, I spent a lot of time learning different aspects. So I spent six months doing jujitsu, six months mm. in judo, six months in kendo, that kind of period. And then, and then I did quite a lot of taekwondo for about four or five years. I did wushu. I was in the British team for wushu. So I thought wushu would help because it's all sword work and, and very acrobatic. And um, at the time, I was a big fan of all the Hong Kong movies, the Jackie Chan and, and things like that. So I kind of loved that side of it. And I thought it was, it was translating very well to film at the time. And most people in the West weren't studying that style of martial arts. And everybody studies it now. But at that point, I was one of the first guys in the film industry in the UK to, to sort of, you know, get into Wushu. So um, I competed in the European Championships. I did okay there. That's silver medal. And um, that was one of the few that I kind of really focused on Taekwondo, that some Hapkido, a few styles of karate, Judo, Aikido, Kendo. You know, I did a lot of little bits, some boxing, yeah. some Thai boxing. So that you could, I think it's important if you're going to choreograph fights, you never know what you're going to do. You, they might call you up and they want a Korean style of fighting or they want a, um, yeah. you know, a, a, a MMA style. And you, it's good to have all that sort of, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand you because, uh, like I said, you worked on the Cinderella Man that must be pretty different from working on Last Samurai, for example. I mean, uh, you're here coordinating with swords and you're here obviously boxing, you know. Uh, but uh, tell me this, so you you had a, like when you're constructing a fight scene, I wonder, uh, you know, just as a fan of movies, how much, for example, let's just talk now Gladiator, uh, how much working closely with, uh, say, Ridley Scott, uh, with Russell Crowe, uh, I mean, how much of his direction, uh, the work that Ridley is doing, is coordinated with you? And what is your part there? Are you heavily involved? Are you, you know, co communicating with him all the time or something like that, something in between? Um, he, he's very hands-on. Uh, Ridley, he knows what he wants. He knows the kind of look he wants. And once he's given me that information, um, you know, you go out and you, and you work to that brief and then you go back and show him what you've achieved. And I was very lucky with Ridley. He never changed anything that I did. He just really loved everything that happened. And, and was, as soon as he'd seen it, he's like, okay, we can shoot this. It's great, but don't change anything. But um, I mean, with, with Russell, I, he was in Australia at the time. I think it was December. It was a long time ago, of course. So yeah. um, I, went, I went to Australia. I trained him for a month um, just with swords and everything else to get him in shape for the sword work. And then when we went back to the UK, um, we spent another month starting to choreograph the fights before we went into filming. And once we started filming, I was still choreographing the fights all the time while the drama was happening. Mm -hmm. So basically, um, you know, for instance, the tiger fight, Ridley had some storyboards where the two guys start in the middle and, and um, you know, they have to go one direction. And then you think the, the old gladiator is beating Russell and yeah, yeah. he wanted the audience to and then he wants this kind of beat 
but everything in between, you know, you have to come up with. It's it's really sort of the the key beats. So he gives you five or six beats. I need the tiger to jump at Russell but misses. I need the tiger to jump yeah, at Russell yeah, yeah. but knock him down. And everything in between, you have to choreograph and put together. And then, as I said, I was very lucky. I mean, I went out to Morocco um, a few weeks earlier than everyone else to put together the fight sequence with Russell and Jaiman. Um, and Ridley turned up. He said, okay, show me the fight. I showed him the fight. He went, great, we'll start shooting that. No problem. There was no, <laughs> can you change yeah, that? Yeah, change that. Yeah, it was really good working with Ridley. Yeah, amazing. Uh, amazing to hear that because, you know, uh, when, as an audience, you get a finished product, obviously, and uh, hopefully finished product is great. But uh, how, how much, uh, because I read uh, somewhere that some, some action sequences that I like, like it takes six weeks of shooting or even something between four, six weeks of shooting. The, the, how, how difficult is, you know, truly, to, you know, film and, you know, come up with this, you know, is it like, a, uh, do you like the process of maybe writing it more or just executing it or something like that? I'm both because, I mean, on, on Born Identity, I, I wrote the car chase with the mini and, and everything. So, I love um, that movie. you know, that, thank you. Thank you. I mean, again, I, I created the style for the fight sequences, um, but Doug Lyman, the director, had already had Matt Damon training in, in sort of Cali. So he wanted he wanted to incorporate Cali into the fight. And so I, that's no problem. We can do that. Um, but I'll also try to incorporate different things. So I, you know, with some Krav Maga, some sort of kickboxing style, some Kali, the, the whole thing. So I, I put together a fight using different styles. Um, that took about a month of choreography, but we shot it in, I think the total was three and a half, four days for everything mm. for the apartment fight. Yeah, um, the, uh, with, with a pen, you know. So that's the one with the pen, yes, exactly. Ah. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, Born, uh, because that's the film that kind of in, in the 2000s, I, I believe it, you know, took the step further for the action thrillers and spy thrillers as a subgenre. And a lot of movies tried to copy it, you know, because it was fantastic. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, did you like, obviously, you're working with a star. Then young Matt Damon, who is fantastic, already Oscar winner at the time. Uh, did you feel like uh, maybe, like, uh, how was his work ethic? Because, and not just his, like, he worked with, again, with Tom Cruise for several months. These actors, we just know them, I believe, as a stars, as these larger than life people. Uh, did, 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 when you're working with them closely, how is their work ethic? And uh, do you, are you like starstruck or you're just like, yeah, we're here to work? We're, we're, we're there to work and they know that. I mean, that's one of the, the beauties of working with good actors. Matt's a very sort of down to earth, nice person. Tom, when he starts, I mean, Tom's the most dedicated that I think I've come across. Um, for Last Samurai, we spent, there was two and a half, three months with just Tom and I. Well, basically, he wanted to learn everything that he could before we even started prep for the movie. So I would go around his house five mornings a week, not not every week. He was doing publicity for another movie at the time. Yeah. So he would say, um, let's do this week and then I'll take a week off. I've got to go to Japan to do some publicity. Then we'll do the week after. So for about two and a half, three months, we spent every other week, um, you know, one or two hours each morning, five mornings a week uh, on his tennis court with the swords in our hands going through <laughs> it so he could learn it. And then I had four months of full-time prep. So we were choreographing fights. Tom would come in every day 
learn the fight. And um, if something wasn't going right for him, I'd change it and modify it. Because in the end, the big thing about a, a fight choreographer, an action director, a stunt coordinator, is you're there to make the actor look good. And mm, yeah. sometimes an actor may not do the thing that, you you've done in choreography quite as well as you were hoping because his body moves his you know his physiology is slightly different from from the stunt double or something else yeah, yeah, so yeah. You go, he, he doesn't look quite as good as i was hoping doing that move let's change it to this so that's the beauty of of big movies like last samurai or born where you have the time to i mean i choreographed the the apartment fight in born in probably less than two weeks but then i spent another two weeks cleaning it up and tidying it and changing mm. one move there and seeing if it worked with this move and and then at the end of it all you have a sequence which is fairly quick to film because it's so well choreographed i mean matt damon knew that uh, the main bulk of the apartment fight we shot in a one day mm. inside the apartment the main bulk of it and matt knew the fight so well I'd just come in and say, okay, section two, part A, and we'd do seven or eight moves, film those, get that done, section two, part B. And the same for Tom. Tom um, had the fight where he fights the four Ronin around him. Um, I know. The last Samurai. He could do that fight. There were 32 moves, if I remember correctly, because I was actually really proud of Tom at the time. There were 32 moves, and we timed him. I just said some days we would do different exercises to get it. It's like improvisation. A good fight is like good dialogue. You learn it, and mm, it yeah. goes really well. Um, so I, time, I just said some days we'd do improvisational exercise. I said, okay, just do the fight as quick as you can, with safety, of course, but as quick as you can. Don't think about the pauses, the dramatic beats. He could do the whole 32 moves in 21 seconds. Wow. And, and right from beginning to end, with no pauses, no stops, it wasn't like we had to sort of go, let's just make these first three moves because it, you know, you don't know the whole fight yet, which in with some actors, you do have to do that because they don't have the time to learn the whole yeah, yeah, yeah. straight off. But people like Tom, Matt, I mean, you know, they know they know the, the, the work ethic that the whole crew puts in to make a great movie and they're part of a team. They're, they're not these big, I mean, yes, they're superstars, but they're not, you know, full of ego that it's all about them and, you know. Mm, yeah, uh, well, that's interesting because I always respected the actors and uh, I got a feel that you have maybe similar opinion because I know some of these actors, they don't have to do these stunts. They don't have to be heavily involved in this because, and I imagine production companies probably wouldn't like them, let the stuntmen do the work. Because like Tom Cruise, he injured himself on the Mission Impossible uh, 6, if I remember, uh, said he broke his foot. Mm -hmm. And I, at the time, it was amazing for me because I thought, yeah, they now have to, you know, stop the shooting for however he needs to recover. But it's amazing that man is dedicated and he wishes to do this, uh, even though he doesn't have to, you know, that, that's what I always appreciate with those kind of guys. Well, the thing, I mean, it's like on Gladiator. Russell wanted to do the whole thing with the horse in the arena, with the with the chariots and everything else. And of course, the insurance company said no. But um, it was like, well, how much can we let him do it? Because he really, really wants to do it. And we had to figure out at what point the level of safety. It's the same with Tom on um, Samurai, where we were, where they were having the Gatling guns shooting at the horses. There were times when, um, you know, Tom wanted to do the whole thing, of course. But again, you're, you're shooting at bullets and, and squibs and things. Sorry, the squibs themselves, not supposedly the bullets, but going yeah. off all around the horse, which makes the horse skittish. 
And it's not like a motorcycle where when you switch the throttle, the, the bike goes, you know how to run. If the horse jumps for some reason, and it's it's an animal you never you never know. So um, we couldn't let him go towards the bullets while they were going off in front of him in case it pulled to the one side or the other. But yeah. we did a number of runs where he went on the horse and the explosions were going off behind the horse because we know with the explosions going behind, it's going to make the horse go forward. Yeah. So, you know, we, we sort of evaluate every situation and with actors like, like Tom Cruise, who wants to do all his own stunts always, and and he's I mean in many cases he's better than the stunt people that that would be doubling him anyway. Wow! So I mean you know this is the beauty of someone that puts in so much effort and and uh, and training to to get as good as they are. I mean how many sixty year olds do you know that can do what he can do? Uh, not many, not many definitely, and he's still breaking records. Uh, but one of the one of my favorite scenes from Last Samurai is uh, actually on the rain, you know, when he comes out and he, with a, with a book and with a wooden sword, he is yep. uh, the character from the Japanese actor, I forgot what his name. That, that... Uh, Hiroyuki Sanada. Yeah, yeah Hiroyuki Sanada. Shame on me. Uh, that was a great scene. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, I, I have difficulty remembering. Yeah, uh, but uh, you, I saw in, uh, on, on this show, you know, we have a, you know, our list, as I think most podcasters should, you know, of the our uh, guests that we would like to bring on, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. And one of the people on top of that dream list is uh, Mr. Nicolas Cage. And you, yep. you had the honor of working on a film with him. You directed it. Uh, how was working with uh, Mr. Cage? You know, he's uh, today, you know, he became kind of a, like almost, you know, be amazed by because everybody was straining him for his uh, movie choices, role choices. But even then, yeah. made some amazing films, and uh, actually, it kind of set him apart. Because when I watch his movies, I at least know this isn't going to be like anything that I saw from the blockbuster scene. Yeah, Nick is is great. I mean, Nick is so professional. He's he's very. You know, he'll turn up exactly when he's supposed to turn up. He knows his lines perfectly. He's got ideas. He comes with creative input. Um, I mean, I get on very well with Nick, and hopefully I'll be working with him again soon. Um, but the, the thing with him is he loves working. He just loves working. So when things come in and, and it's suitable for him, you know, and he enjoys the script or enjoys the director, Nick, Nick will go, yeah, well, let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. And um, he's got a lot of enthusiasm and... I mean, he's a great actor. That's the thing. Nick, he's a great actor. Even in bad material, Nick stands out. You know, that's the thing with him. He, there is something about him. He's a, he's a movie star. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, because uh, like I, there, he did a film, I don't know if you know, uh, where he voiced acted uh, the film Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, he was giving voice. Oh, I didn't yeah, well, he, he, did the crew, he did the crudes, he did a few other things. He's done a lot of voice acting. Yeah, yeah, he's done voice acting. And he's phenomenal in that too, you know, because he, he is. not all actors are phenomenal. Voice acting is completely a different, you know, subject. And uh, I in this film, and he's also amazing in that as well. Uh, I also saw that you did uh, work in Bollywood. Uh, with, yes. I'll be honest, I am... Uh, I didn't see uh, much of Bollywood movies in my life, you know, but I saw the movie you did, Triple uh, R or something like that. It was very right. highly rated. How was working in uh, Bollywood and what is the difference in production maybe from the Hollywood movies? 
Well, Triple R was actually, I know it's difficult to get the differentiation, but Triple R is Tollywood, which is the south of India. Bollywood wow. is the north of India. They, they, they have such big industries. It's such a large country with, you know, Something 1.3, 1.4. Oh yeah, it's and there's different systems. Again, in the north, it's slightly it's a slightly different organization. In the south, it's different the way they film. Um, in the end, everybody's trying to make a good movie wherever you are in the world. I mean, I've I've filmed in I think I've worked in about 28 countries now, and every country you go to, you know, has its own idiosyncrasies and. You sort of go through a process where you have to adjust to them and and basically learn the best way to achieve what you try, what you want to achieve, or what they want you to achieve. Because in the end, you're really facilitating them. Um, you know, the thing is with Indian movies in general, not just Hollywood or Bollywood, they 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 sort of like that over the top action more than. I, I mean, again, everybody likes over the top action, but it depends whether it fits the. The script. I was having a conversation the other day with a journalist who who was um, saying, "What's the difference between the audience expectations in the West and the and in India and, and places?" And I, I mean, I think people are more accepting of sort of slightly unrealistic action in India than mm, they yeah, would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. I mean, obviously, you have Marvel movies and everything, which is massive, over the top action. You can put your hand out, stop a train. Um, but you're a superhero, whereas in India, you can have a normal person uh, and f- having a fight and then all of a sudden they'll put their hand out and stop a motorcycle and the motorcycle <laughs> will flip through, through the air and you go, well, a real person couldn't do that. And in a Western movie, you wouldn't be you, you wouldn't do that. But in an Indian movie, the audience is far more accepting of things like that. So you just have to learn the rules of the culture that you're working in. Yeah, it's interesting that you, that you say that because uh, I imagine myself, I would be like that because... Uh, I can, for example, Fast and Furious, it's over the top, like, you know, yeah. care. Uh, but it's weird for me, you know, uh, for example, the last one I didn't like, and you could say it was over the top, but uh, what I didn't like about movie, it didn't take itself seriously. It took itself like a parody. And I was like, having a discussion with my friend, I was like, as long as it's kind of movie trying to make me take this seriously, I'll basically accept anything. <laughs> so it's... yeah, well, that's the thing. Once you establish the rules for the audience, I mean, you know, let's say, let's say Crouching Tiger, you know, the Chinese movie. Yeah, people the... can fly. I mean, you know, they're martial arts. They're ordinary people, but because they're martial arts masters, they're accepting that people can fly and leap up onto the top of a bamboo shoot and walk around, and and you kind of go. I mean, we know it's ridiculous, but because yeah. that's the world that you're in. Once you establish those rules and the audience understands the rules of the world you've created, then you can work within those rules. But once you break the rules, um, you know, the, the audiences in the West are far less less forgiving when you break the rules that you've set up. Whereas in the, in, in India and places, they're not quite as uh, discerning in, in, you know, in sort of the rule breaking. Yeah, yeah it's interesting that you say that. But uh, let me ask you this. Uh, so you've been involved, obviously, you're you know, choreographed fights with tigers in it, uh, on the rain with samurais or, you know, boxing matches, uh, uh, these various different things that are imaginative and creative. Is there like, do you have like this maybe in your mind, stunt or action sequences that involve something that you haven't do? Would you like to fly a helicopter or like Tom Cruise, for example, or something like that, something you haven't been able to do or can have a chance, but you would like to try out? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't done aerial sequences yet. I've, I've been approached to do something on a, on a movie, again, an Indian project, where there's quite a lot of aerial stuff. So, I mean, if that happens, that'll be great. Um, but, you know, that's the beauty of working in the film industry and, and sort of working from sword movies to martial arts movies to, to sort of modern car chase to gun, sh gun shootouts. Um, you know, I've had that, that sort of opportunity to work on so many different levels and so many different time periods and, and um, you know, some futuristic type stuff where you're throwing things together that, okay, how would they fight in the future? How would they do this? So you yeah. kind of, you, you get to do a lot of things that, that are really fun, you know, that you could only dream about when you were a kid. And so it's, it's a great opportunity in that respect. Yeah, very interesting. One, uh, I would say last for me, Russian, uh, you know, there are some great, you know, when we're talking about progression of the action cinema, you know, and I'm speaking just as a fan, not as a film historian, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, and you mentioned it before, the Asian cinema has a very different and Hong Kong left a huge legacy in it. Uh, do you have like uh, action movies that you would uh, recommend for someone to watch? They're just fun. Uh, and do you have like maybe tier list of action directors or something like that, you know? You know, I, I don't because, I mean, I've been directing recently quite a lot. And so um, I haven't been watching as much of the action movies as I should have uh, watched recently. I've been watching a lot more drama. Um, but I, I mean, the Korean movies in general, in, in my mind, I mean, I got into Korean movies when Old Boy first came out. And Ooh, crazy. You know, I started to, I watched a lot of Korean movies back to back to back, all their, all their horror movies, all their action movies. And, you know, they were, they sort of do it in a, in a different way. They don't, they don't stick to the Western rules that we have, you know, what's the character arc, what's the first act, second act, third act. It's not quite as formulaic and they'll push the envelope more, more so I think than, than anyone else in terms of, um, you know, the, the world at the moment is, has a lot of restrictions on it in terms of what you can do, what you can't do, what you can say, what you can't say. Um, unfortunately. And, and, well, um, it is very unfortunate. I mean, it's rightly so in certain cases. Yeah. And in other cases, I think it's gone too far. And the thing with the Koreans is they don't seem to to sort of take that into consideration. I mean, they, they, they know what they're doing and then they break the rules. And yeah. I loved that about them. And I think 10 years ago, they were far ahead of the curve. They're not, maybe not quite so much now, but uh, I was always telling people Korean cinema, Korean cinema, just if, if you're looking for things to sort of aspire to, 10, 10, 12, 15 years ago, it was Korean cinema. And and still, as you see with movies like Parasite and things, yeah. you know, it, and 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 Squid Games, and you sort of look at it and you go, well, how many other people? I know Battle Royale in Japan, um, it was done in, it was a similar thing years and years ago. Um, you know, and Japan pushed the, the envelope for a while. Yeah, and yeah. Then, Akira and Kurosawa. Exactly. I mean, Kurosawa is my favorite director of all time. If you look at his body of work in general, Legend. I mean, he's, he's, he's right up there at the very top. You look at everything that he's done. He, he's just a, a master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing, you know. And it's funny you mentioned the Korean cinema because, you know, I consider myself a movie buff or something like that. But uh, it's crazy that I started watching some Korean movies only after Parasite. You know, I, I needed to... Right. Hollywood to tell me, oh, this is great, and you should watch it, you know, so it's crazy. Uh, okay, Nicholas, uh, thank you very much. I had a 
this is a very fun insight in the stunt work and the action sequences that we all love, like I mentioned. Uh, any message for our fans or your fans, you know, that they want to hear or you want to send out to the world? No, just keep watching. You know, I mean, there's so much out there right now. There's so many different shows. I mean, streaming's taken over the world and there's a lot of good stuff, but there's an awful lot of bad stuff. You know, just watch the good stuff. Yeah. Enjoy <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, okay, Nicholas. Thank you very much. Thank you. Pleasure. You are locked and loaded to make your bets and stay tuned for more.